Thank you. Okay, good morning students, good morning, good morning. How are you today? Good, good to go. Intense week, right? For you and for me, both. Um, okay, so let's go over the, the scheme today. We have, uh, I'm clicking in here, so we're gonna stop at 50 minutes. Good. Um, the skin, the skin with the, we don't have a clicker, right? No, okay. Integumentary system, uh, we are going to identify the layers of the skin, okay? The component of these layers of the skin. And then uh, you must describe, you, you must be able to describe the layers of the epidermis separately and know what part of the skin is thicker than the other, as well uh, differentiate uh, uh, among the different regions of the dermis and the hypodermis, recognize the region of the dermis, describe the location and the structure of the hypodermis, and of course we have the sensory receptors, some sensory receptors uh, we have in the skin. We need to make sure that at least we recognize them. Um, on top of this, just to know some functions of the skin that is so important at this point. And uh, this, this is Professor Diana's water. I need to remove everything because I can get confused with everything around. So, integumentary system, we know that is, is the, the you, you can say the, the biggest organ of the body. It's huge, right? It's a, it's a big organ. Uh, we can say um, account for approximately 16% of the, you know, total body weight, okay? It's, it's very important. That's why when we get, uh, you know, burnt and uh, we lost this barrier, that is the, 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 the skin, we start losing fluids, okay? We're gonna suffer from pain, a lot of pain, right? And if we are losing fluid and uh, we don't have this barrier anymore, that is the, you know, depending the degree of the burning, uh, what is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen to this person? Number one, you're, you're losing your, of course, your barrier against invasion of microorganism. And maybe in your microbiology, uh, microbiology one and two, 
right? And the labs, and so you study that in the body, we have a kind of, you know, you can say microbiota. What is that? Microbiota. What is this? They are helpful bacteria, right? I mean, uh, uh, good bacteria when they are not getting inside, okay, the body. Make sense? So, we are losing this barrier, the bacteria that normally, bacteria, fungi, all of these, that normally are on this impermeable barrier, they're gonna enter. So, we're gonna get infected, as she said. And uh, because we are losing as well, this skin that is a barrier for us to contain fluids, okay? What is gonna happen? Dehydration. So, you see how the skin is so important? Depending on the extension of this burning, you know, that depending on the extension of this damage, the person is gonna, you know, survive or not. So we need to place some more skin in order to, you know, cover this, this damage. So the skin is a very important organ. We, we have more functions over there. Not only the barrier, but we have uh, some more that we're gonna talk about. And uh, when we talk about the square, the square meter of the surface of the body, we can say that is roughly the uh, 1.2 uh, to 2.3 square meter square meters of the surface of the whole body. So it's the largest organ of the body. Uh, the epidermis, remember, is the barrier of everything outside the body is a big barrier. And we have, of course, uh, uh, the epidermis is, is a place for this immune surveillance. What is this? When I'm telling you immune surveillance, what comes to your mind? Immune surveillance. There is any, any cell that arrives into your mind? Any cell that you know from before that are residents in the skin, in the skin, in the mucous membrane, in some other part of the epithelial tissue in the body? Macrophages. Macrophages. Yes, they are resident, right? They are resident over there. Uh, we need a cell that moves. And it's an antigen-presenting cell, too. We need a cell that moves, that looks like star. Come on, you know. Dendrite cells, dendritic cells. Dendritic or Langerhans cells, okay? So they are involved in the immune response of the skin. And they are very important because they are present 
They are very present when a person is suffering from a dermatitis, for example. They are going to get activated. They receive an antigen, they get activated, and they migrate to the lymph nodes to present this antigen to the lymphocytes. Make sense? Okay? Uh, we have more resin cells in the area, by the way. So the dermis provides the main structural, uh, you know, connected tissue, you can say, of the skin, the collagen for the skin. Uh, oh, this is good. This is collagen for nails and hair. And you can buy in Costco. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> the, the dermis provides uh, a good interface to vasculature, to the blood vessels, okay, and nervous system in the skin. It's in where we're going to have a lot of receptors, a lot of receptors, okay, sensory receptors. They are going to be taking care of the discrimination of temperature, discrimination of vibration, discrimination of pressure. There are some receptors known as nociceptors. They are in charge to determine when you receive a nociceptive stimulus. This is when you have a pain. Okay, for example, uh, I don't know, you pinch your finger and oh my God, this, this is painful. So we have receptor for that. And on top of this, we have free and uh, free nerve and terminals as well, taking care of the temperature, uh, transporting as well, uh, nociceptive um, uh, stimulus, okay? So the epidermis is gonna feed from the subjacent layer. What is the subjacent layer? The dermis. Across what membrane? We studied yesterday the epithelial tissue and uh, what is the most, you know, uh, if I say basal, you know that is the basal membrane. <laughs> so, yes, epithelial tissue is gonna feed from the subjacent tissues, okay? by diffusion, okay, across the basal membrane. Or basement lamina is, is uh, as well known as, okay. So the hypodermis is a uh, collagen ridge. Uh, we're gonna have fat. Adipose tissue is another type of uh, connective tissue that we studied yesterday. Remember? So um, we have immune surveillance over there. Hypodermis is a very important. Um, if we think about injection, what is the name of the needle? We have different kind of needle for different, uh, that we're gonna use at different level of the skin, okay? We have the intradermic needle, right? We have, what else? Hypodermic needle. What is the objective of a, of a hypodermic needle? Uh, 
going to the hypodermics and deposit the medication over there. And we have fatty tissue over there. So uh, fatty tissue is as well vascularized, but it's not as vascularized as high, uh, the, the dermis. So the medication is going to be over there, and it's going to be distributed later on accordingly to the absorption rate at this point. And we have intramuscular needle. They're going to go deeper, and they're going to deposit the medication in the muscle, in the skeletal muscle. Are we good with this? OK, perfect. So um, the uh, skin, like uh, all the, the rest of the system, organ system and organs and so, develop at the time of uh, embryologic formation and so. Boundaries of the skin, function of the skin. Remember, it's a boundary for keeping the fluids inside, keeping the temperature of the body, help the temperature, help to keep in the, keep the, the, the temperature, thermoregulate, the, this is the word, when we are cold, when we are hot, you know, we know that by changing the blood vessels, you can say, uh, widens, if it's cold, we know we're going to uh, have vasoconstriction. And as well, it is very important for us to observe the skin of our patient, not only when we do a dermatological examination. And listen this very well, because guys, um, this is during your PA school, during your academic year. It's not only uh, examination of the skin because you are in dermatology, right? It's just inspect the skin every time you are going to inspect another system. Why is that? For example, if your patient is having a big pain, maybe your patient is sweating a lot. Make sense? Then how you describe the skin of a person that is sweating a lot? My patient is diaphoretic. Is the fact of sweating, sweating, sweating a lot dehydrate your patient? Yes, at a certain point. Yes. Make sense? My patient is suffering from anemia. How the, the skin looks like? The skin is going to look pale. Then you describe the paleness of the skin. Okay? This is important because the paleness, I mean, uh, paleness of the skin is a very important sign when a patient is having an hematologic or a nutritional condition. Okay? Sometimes the skin is a little bit chlorotic. It's a little bit greenish, pale greenish, okay? Or maybe your patient is having, a, let's say, a disease that turned the skin in a tan color, okay? 
is kind of 10. So you need to think about Addison disease. You need to look at the skin all the time. In cardiovascular diseases, it is very important to examine the skin because not only on the skin you're gonna see a rash, but on the accessories, organs, uh, sorry, no organs, appendages or accessory structures of the skin, like the nails, you're going to see certain, you know, uh, problems as well. So the skin is gonna be examined all the time for every system. If you are in orthopedics, of course, what, what is the, what do you have covering the, the muscles and the bones and everything? What is the most external barrier? The skin. If the skin is infected, is, if the skin is perforated and this perforation go deeply into the bone, this is a source of infection, right? So this is very important. Inspection of the skin all the time. If you have a, a little one, maybe that is very, very yellow, maybe uh, are you gonna ask something about the food? And I mean, the, the way the the family is feeding this little one because using a lot of carotene, like the one content in carrots and squash, communicates a tint, a kind of yellow tint to the skin. It is a pathological thing? No, it's not, but many people get confused. And this is highly differentiable from jaundice. Okay, jaundice is different. Jaundice has to do a lot with the hepatic function. Some colors in the skin are characteristics and appears in person, in patients that are suffering from renal failure. Okay, liver failure. So it's very important. How the skin looks very red in patients that are having a lot of hemoglobin. And they are holding a lot of hemoglobin because they have too much red blood cells in their body. And this is not normal because too much red blood cell is going to increase the viscosity of the blood and it's going to produce some other problems. This is polycythemia vera, for example. So we need to look at the skin every time. Every time we have an OSCE, for example, Professor, do we need to check the skin? Of course, all the time. And the skin results a big gossiper for every single disease. Guys, it's amazing, okay? So remember cutaneous sensation, we talked about this already. It's a site of excretion for electrolytes and for other waste, okay? Other kind of waste, yes. We need, we need a microphone for you. 
uh, very, very, very red. Very red and polycythemia. She's asking how the skin for a person suffering from polycythemia vera looks like. It's a very red, you, you, you can say almost purple. In many, even you, you can look at the, the chest, the face, the, the nose, the ear. You can determine if your patient just are mixing everything. I know. Remember that one subject is going to help us to understand and do good things in the other. When you're interviewing a patient and your patient is denying the use of alcohol, just by looking at some features in your patient face, you can say, oh my God, he's a liar, okay? <laughs> so, yes, because the nose is characteristic of alcoholic patient. Understand what I'm saying here? Observation is very important, okay? So another function, metabolic function. The first step, of activating vitamin D happens at the level of the skin, okay? So we have um, uh, at the end in, in, the, in the kidney, vitamin D is gonna get activated and uh, influencing the absorption of calcium and all of this. But vitamin D, the first step is on the skin. They interact with the ultraviolet rays and this cholesterol we have on the skin. Understand, this is the first step. That's why senior citizens, they have the costume to wear what? All the time. A jacket, right? Or long sleeve. Mainly ladies, because we don't like them to see the beautiful curtains, you know, then we, we, we rather go with dark colors, uh, uh, clothing, and we're covering the body. This is a barrier against the ultraviolet ray in the majority of the time. On top, they don't go out too often, right? Homeless population as well. So when you check it out, the level of Vitamin D in this population is very low. And one thing is gonna yield to the next, okay? That is osteoporosis because lack of calcium, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so we need to look at the body as a whole. Yes. Again. Interesting, interesting. Uh, we, we are entering in, in uh, physiology, but uh, it's okay. She's asking me that when we take vitamin D, this is a block for continuous synthesizing vitamin D from the skin. No, because the process continues. At the level of the skin, no. At the level of the kidney, yes. Understand? Because it's a physics factor. It's a physics factor. The 
the negative, the negative feedback is working at the level of the kidney. That is when you finish the last step of activation of vitamin D. Understand? It's not like uh, uh, the guys that inject with testosterone, the testes stop producing testosterone because the body doesn't produce what the body doesn't need by homeostasis, okay? Uh, Joseph, you have a tumor, God forbid. So, uh, good question, very nice question. It's a physic thing. The last step, maybe it's gonna get blocked, okay? If you have a lot of this uh, vitamin, uh, 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 activated vitamin working in your body. Because vitamin D is considered what, guys? A hormone. Okay? As a medication route, because it's the way we're going to inject, we're going to use patches, we're going to use ointments, we're going to use uh, lotions, we're going to use creams. Okay? So, uh, of course, the, the connective tissue under the epidermis is going to um, give the, the skin um, elasticity, the strength necessary. Uh, we're going to have how in the skin we have as well a very interesting thing that is the uh, hair follicle. Every hair follicle is associated with a sebaceous gland. Okay, and in the hair follicle, we're going to see innervation that innervates the pili erector or the erector pili. Erector pili is a muscle. And for example, when we are very cold, right? What is going to happen? We have one. Goosebumps, right? Uh, the hair are going to be like uh, erected. And in this way, we can preserve more heat between the hair. This is the reason. As well, when, you, when you're listening a song or a poem, or when you see a very, you know, moving, um, I don't know, thing, somebody that is crying and make you sensible, you know, or you're very sensitive, you feel like, like your hairs uh, as well are, you know, getting erect. This is, this is part of the our, uh, autonomic nervous system, okay? So, um, we talk about this already, all of this information, the receptors, those are specialized neuron, okay? Specialized neuron, all of this corpuscle, the Meissner, the Pacini corpuscule, okay? All of these are uh, associated with the sensation. So let's go a little bit on the beautiful diagram over here. Yes? Collagen. Uh, 
Um, I, I am not a specialist in dermatology, but in science, uh, if you inject collagen directly, this is different. But if you place the collagen uh, on the skin, you can stimulate the collagen synthesis by taking certain medication, okay? But just using um, a lotion, injecting, yes. Yeah, of course, you, you are giving collagen already made. Or you can get your vitamin C every day. That is gonna help you out in the synthesis of collagen. And this is the biochemical cascade of the synthesis of collagen, okay? What happened in the past, for example, of the people that used to be, uh, they were sailors and sailors, sailors, and they, they used to be in a, in, a, in a boat for several months without fresh um, fruit and, and food. What is the name for this? Huh? Scorby. No? Okay. So what happened in the mouth of these people? What happened in the nails? What happened in the skin? Okay, break down. No more collagen. Are we good with this? So, yeah. If you inject collagen, you inject the collagen already. Okay? So, guys, uh, epidermis, okay? Then we have the papillary and reticular layers of the dermis. Here we have the hypodermis and the, the follicle, the hair follicle. We don't have, remember, any vessels on the epidermis, okay? The vasculature, the lymphatics, are on the dermis. Dermis is rich in um, sensory receptors. Dermis is rich in um, vasculature and lymphatics. Uh, here we have the, as well, the sebaceous gland. Sebaceous gland as well is innervated and around the sebaceous gland, always we have a dendritic cell. Always we have a Langerhans cell. They are distributed all over. They are the vigilante cells, right? They are the one in charge of determining if we have an infection around and take care of this by putting advice the, the rest of the immune system and the hypodermis, hypodermis, full of fatty tissue, some other collagen fibers, keeping this together, okay? And uh, what else we have? We have the sweat glands, the sweat glands. And, uh, okay, this is the different layers of the epidermis. Stratum cordium, the first part. And what is the specialization of this epithelial cell? And how you evaluate or how you classify the, the, this uh, layer of the epidermis? 
What is the shape of the cells? Squamous. And the specialization? Keratin. Very good. Keratin. It's keratinized squamous epithelium. Okay? Is uh, a simple or is stratified? Stratified because we are shedding all the time these cells and they are being substituted by a fresh one. Okay? So, this is the stratum corneum over here. Then, the stratum lucidum, the clear str stratum, or the clear, uh, yeah, the clear stratum. This is only for present in the palm of the hand and the sole of the, of the feet, okay? Stratum, clear stratum, or stratum lucidum. We have, uh, the third is the stratum granulosum. We have the stratum spinosum, the stratum basale, and then we jump into the dermis. Stratum basale is the, where we have the, we are, have access to the feeding, the epi, epithelia with the subjacent um, tissue that is the dermis or subjacent organ. Uh, part of the organ, that is. Okay, here we have uh, end nerve terminal, sorry. Okay, sensory nerve, okay. Langerhans cells, they are surrounding all the places. I mean, they are, they are surveilling, doing the surveillance of everywhere, trying to find something in order to put in advice our immune system. Here we have keratinocytes. Keratinocytes, when they emerge, when they turn into corneocytes, they don't have a nucleus. They're gonna be filled with keratin already. Okay, this is a process. Uh, we have here the, okay, the basal layer, the basal lamina that separates the epidermis from the dermis. So, the basal lamina separates the epidermis from the dermis. And of course, at this layer, at the basal lamina, we have the melanocytes. Melanocytes are cells that are pigmented cells. Pigmented cells. Okay? So, when, when we get burned, under the sun, what is happen, happening to the skin? Turn darker, right? And immediately we're gonna have blisters and we're gonna lose this part. So we can say the sunlight stimulates melanocytes? Yes, stimulate melanocytes, okay? We need to protect ourselves, mainly in this area because the sunlight are more perpendicular in this area of the, the wall, okay? So, what else we have here? I think we're good. This is, uh, again, a longer hand cell. Fibroblast. Fibroblasts are the cells that we're gonna find where? In any connective tissue. 
fibroblasts, collagen fiber, elastic fiber. Remember, all of this matrix, all of this substance surrounding the cells. So, as you see, the epidermis is packed and the epidermis is going to uh, uh, contact, this is a granulosa, that, that's why, yeah, the granulosum over here, the spinosum and the basale, and over here at this level, what is happening is that uh, we were talking yesterday, uh, I'm gonna go later, uh, I don't want to make a, okay, so later. The, the keratin on the first layer from outside to inside of the skin, it, this is the, the you know, uh, we mentioned all the, the layers and so. The, let's, let's start by in and out, in to out, right? Uh, the most inner layer, the stratum basale, the characteristic of the stratum basale. So this is the stratum germinati germinativum. From here, we're gonna have uh, epithelial cells, okay? division of epithelial cells, okay? What type of division we know is known as a mitosis, right? Mitosis, okay? From one cell, we're gonna have how many? Two, because the other is meiosis, we're gonna have, it's gonna be haploid and so, I'm not gonna go over this, but yes, it's from where we're gonna germinate, we're gonna make the new cells that I'm gonna occupy the place from the cells that are shed already. It's a single layer of cuboidal, uh, or cuboidal uh, to low columnar cells is uh, attached to the underlying uh, basement membrane. This basement membrane or basal lamina is the one that attached the epidermis to the dermis this is important, okay? And over there, we have three cell types, maybe. What are those? The keratinocytes. Keratinocytes are in charge of the production synthesis of keratin. Keratin is a protein, okay? The melanocytes determine the color of the skin of everyone and protector, protecting our skin from the harmful effect, effects of the ultraviolet uh, rays, okay? So, um, and we're gonna have in the stratum basale, okay, Merkel cells. Merkel cells are few sensitive for, I mean, it's not fructose, but it's, it's a very, um, uh, very fine, sensitive to touch, okay? I'm talking about your finger pads for the radial pulse, for example. The same finger pads you're gonna use to palpate the lacrimal apparatus and every single detail on the skin, right? Yes. 
the skin cancer and its relationship with the melanocytes? Yes. Okay, melanoma. You're talking about melanoma? Yeah, melanoma has a lot to do with this uh, arising of melanocytes. Sorry? Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay, guys. So this is the importance, right? The, the clinical importance here. The tactile cells, remember the Merkel? Those are specialized neuron, sensory neuron, receptors, specialized receptors. Um, so when they are going to get compressed, they release uh, just chemicals that stimulate the, the rest of the nerve transmission. Thank you very much. Okay, melanocyte, scatter between the keratinocytes, okay? The melanocytes are gonna produce and store pigment, the melanin, Keratinocyte is, sorry, the, the melanocyte is the cell, okay, that synthesize and secrete the melanin, right? So um, this melanin is going to be passed into the keratinocyte. So remember the keratinocyte, they, they're gonna go and, and migrate from the stratum basale to the first layer of the epidermis, okay? And the function is protect, protection. So the melanocytes, they are going to be 
stimulated by the ultraviolet rays. They're going to be stimulated by a hormone as well that is known as a melanocyte stimulating hormone produced by the parts intermedia of the hypophysis. And yes, it's not only stimulating the increased amount of, you know, melanin production, this hormone, but other hormones together that stimulate the releasing of the melanocyte stimulating hormone. Example, a woman got pregnant and when you perform a physical examination, the areola of the breast and the nipple resort hyperchromatic, okay? The color increase in this area. In the linea alba, the linea media, the color is gonna increase as well. As well in the labia majora and in the labia minora, okay? So it's not only uh, stimulated by the ultraviolet rays, medicine is, I mean, we have some other uh, thing, but this is the physiologic stimulation of the increasing in the production of um, melanin, okay? Then the melanin um, pigment, the, the granules are gonna in, be transmitted into the keratinocyte, okay? and then uh, uh, protect our, our body, okay? Melano, me, me, uh, melanin is very important, this pigment, because it's gonna protect our, uh, the DNA of our epithelial cells, you know, against uh, radiation. And of course, as much melanin you have, darker your skin is, okay? As much melanin you have, darker your skin is, melanin is less distributed in the palm of the hand and the sole of the feet, okay? So stratum spinosum is also known as a prickle uh, cell layer. Uh, give the strength and the flexibility to the skin. The, we have over there Langerhans cells, okay? Langerhans cells. About 5% of the cells within the epidermis are longer hot cells. So we can sleep on that. Our skin is a good immune bar barrier, right? It's a very one, very good one. Okay, it's, uh, these uh, cells are all often present in, in some other strata, okay? And um, several layers in where we're gonna find keratinocytes, not ready for go, but migrating, going up to the external layer of the epidermis. And um, um, we know that from, from there, uh, they divided, they, they're gonna go up. Here we have more information about the Langerhans cells because part of the skin are the mucose membrane, okay? 
mucous membrane, for example, conjunctiva, okay, conjunctiva, that continue the skin inside the lids, right? Conjunctiva, continue the skin inside the lids and surrounds as well, aligning the orbit of the eye, right? Lining the, the orbit of the eye, conjunctiva, is a mucous membrane, okay? Where we're gonna find epithelial tissue. This is the same conjunctiva that you're gonna check in uh, your patient in order to know the color, right? Huh? Normally it's pinky. It's pale when we have anemia, it's it get infected sometimes and all of this. So these Langerhans cells as well, you're gonna find them in the mouth, in the tonsils, lymphoid tissue, tonsils, okay? Esophageal, uh, epithelial, uh, part of the, or the lining of the esophagus as well, okay? In the cervix of the uterus, cervix of the uterus, in the vaginal mucosa, okay? In the transitional epithelium of the urinary bladder. And you can explain yourself how come these Langerhans cells, when they find out that in the uterus cervix, you know, the epithelial cells are damaged. And we are talking about the invasion of papillomavirus and uh, turning to a cervical cancer, right? How these Langerhans cells go to the next lymphatic structure and spread the news, right? So it's for you to have an idea about the importance, and it's very important to know this, the importance of the Langerhorn cells, okay? And the explanation is here, you can go, to, and it's in the book as well. Stratum granulosum. This is the stratum granulosum over here. See this? This is the stratum granulosum, okay? This is the one, three to five layers of, it's made up of three to five layers of keratinocytes. Uh, it's also known as a granular layer. It's superficial of stratus, stratus spinosum. And we're gonna stop in here and take 10 minutes. Thank you. Okay, so uh, let's continue. The stratum granulosum, uh, we talk about the stratum granulosum, is <coughs> located superiorly to the stratum spinosum and inferiorly to the stratum lucidum in the case of the sole of the feet and the palm of the hand. Are we good? In the case of the forearm, 
the stratum granulosum is going to be superior to the stratum spinosum, but inferior, inferior to the stratum corneum. Make sense? Guys? Okay. So, um, this is the consider, the granulosum con is considered the first layer of keratinization is, is in uh, when the keratinocyte is going to be filled with keratin, okay, and travel together with the melanocytes filled with melanin onto the, the first layer of the epidermis. Um, we are not going to have any uh, nucleus in this uh, keratinocyte when the keratinocyte get filled with the keratin, okay? This the, the process disintegrate the nucleus and as well the organelles, okay? Sorry guys, no, what? Okay, sorry. And this remind me to start. Okay, so uh, sorry for that. Then remember the process of keratinization, okay? Doesn't finish until the keratinocyte gets to the surface of the epidermis, the outermost epidermis layer, okay? The lucidum or clear layer of the skin, okay? Two to three layers of keratinocytes is translucent, that's why the name of lucidum and clear, okay, is uh, only found, you know, where, okay, and uh, we have a ladin, it's a, it's a protein we have over there, uh, it's just information for you guys, and of course is the intermediate product uh, this one in keratin maturation. So stratum lucidum once more, okay, also clear layer uh, of the epidermis. The corneum is the outermost, finally, layer of the epidermis, 20 to 30 layers of dead interlocking keratinized cells, okay. Uh, they don't have nucleus, they are together by tight junctions, okay? Um, we have a lot of keratin over there. Um, you, you can find this name as well, like a corneocyte, corneocyte, the keratinocyte, okay? And uh, they're gonna be shed by us not only when we took a shower and, and, you know, rub our body with a towel, but just the simple uh, friction of the hands and so. Senior citizens, they shed more than us. That's why when you visit them at home, smell different. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, elderly, uh, uh, the, the smell is different. They shed more cells than younger people. Okay? We shed everything more. Anyways, 
We have the microbiota, the inhabitant of this uh, outermost layer of the epidermis, okay, microbiota. We have everything. We have uh, good microbiota over there. Uh, just keeping away the bad, you know, invaders. Bad invaders. Example, nowadays we use hand sanitizer a lot. How many of you suffer from irritation of the skin in the hand? Many of us. Why is that? Because we aggressively are using alcohol all the time. And this constitutes an aggression to the skin, okay? Then, of course, our skin is gonna respond. Another thing that is interesting, we're gonna go inside this uh, fact in a while, because some people think that they have a very, you know, oily face, but this oil in the face has a reason. We're gonna talk about that. So the entire cycle, cycle from a new keratinocyte in the stratum basale to a dead cell flake off into the air takes between 25 to 45 days. 25 to 45 days. Yes, there is a lot of problems. Some people, they don't have uh, a functional stratum uh, germinativum in the skin. Some other people, they, they don't have the possibilities to uh, have melanocytes. They don't produce melanin. And this is the case of the albinism, okay? The case of the albinism, we don't see melanin. We don't see melanin in, in these people. So they better work at night, you know, because the sun damaged the skin very fast, okay? Very fast. There is a lot of uh, diseases in this way. This is the process, the cornification, okay? We have uh, viable proliferating cells from here then uh, the desmosome formation, proliferation, proliferation arrest, then we're gonna express the keratin at this, at this point, start filling the cells with the keratin, breakdown of the nucleus and the organelle, and then protease activation that is gonna break down the nucleus and the organelle. And finally, uh, we have a, a, a keratin layer that we're gonna shed constantly, okay? So, more of this. Um, of course, we don't have in the stratolucidum, guys, we don't have hair follicle, okay? We have sweat glands. We don't have, we don't have hair follicle. Hmm? Dermis, underneath the epidermis, from 0 0.5 millimeter, to three millimeter in thick, okay? So connective tissue, we studied yesterday, we have uh, uh, collagen, collagen, mm, collagen with elastic and reticular fibers over there, okay? More, uh, we have dendritic cells as well, 
and we're gonna find a very rich vasculature. As well, in the dermis, we find the sweat glands, and we're gonna find the sebaceous gland. Sebaceous gland is a gland made up of one cell, okay? So, um, we have, uh, of course, hair follicles always associated to the sebaceous gland, okay? And you can find the dermis as well at the level of the nerve roots. Uh, here, uh, there we're gonna have, we're gonna find the sensory nerve endings, the erectile pili, muscle, and the innervation as well of the erectile pili. Papillary layer is the upper layer, and the reticular layer is the second layer of the dermis. Okay, so look at this. This is a papillary layer over here. This is the papillary layer. You see, uh, ups and down. It's the first layer of the dermis, and then we have the reticular layer. Reticular layer. Very rich, very rich in collagen and reticular fibers. And we're gonna find, remember, Langerhans cells as well. And we have, for example, the Meissner corpus cube. We have the, this is the Pacinian, this is the Meissner. We're gonna have the sensory nerve fiber, okay? We have here the sensory, the hair follicle receptor. This is the root of the hair. This is the hair follicle, the root of the, the, the hair follicle. The association, association with the sebaceous gland, always associated to the hair follicle, okay? It's always associated to the hair follicle. So this is a, a rectal pili muscle innervated by the arvector uh, pili nerves. Um, what else we have? Oh, uh, of course we have a vein, we have uh, arteries, we have a beautiful microvascular bed over there. And if we uh, want to think about the order, what we're gonna find in the dermis are the microvascular bed formed by arteriole, right? Capillaries, okay, and venules. Make sense? Arteriole, capillary, and venule. Mm -hmm. So um, we have as well lymphatic, uh, lymphatic vessels always associated where the venule is. Okay, because lymphatic lymphatic capillaries at this point, lymphatic capillaries are gonna take care of the extra amount of extracellular fluid. Okay, that is gonna leave the microvasculature from the arteriole part. Using the capillaries in this area, we're gonna do one the internal, you know, exchange. We're gonna have the exchange over there at the level of the capillaries and the surrounded tissues. You know what I'm talking about here? 
Huh? Okay? Gas exchange at the level of the tissue. This is a tissular or tissue respiration. Okay? And as well, we're going to uh, uh, collect this CO2. How many molecules, guys, at the end of the, the respiration? CO2 and water, how many? Because we need to collect this for everybody in the body and get rid of this in the lung. How many molecules of water, how many molecules of CO2 at the end of the cellular respiration? Ay, ay, ay. Six. Six, okay. So, um, papillary responsible for the of um, fingerprints over there, all, all of these interdigitation are giving us something that is unique for every human being, that are the fingerprints, okay? Fingerprints, even the identical twins, they have different fingerprints, okay? Mm. Um, some, um, I mean, the, yeah, yeah, the characteristic of the papillary uh, layer. Remember that is from the papillary layer, uh, the epidermis feed, okay, receive the nutrients from the papillary layer, okay, and help to produce the keratinocytes with these uh, nutrients regulate the temperature of skin and the body as a whole is there where the miracle of thermoregulation occurs guys is there where we have this microvasculature okay we receive the sensation and our body is going to respond adaptation of the body right adaptation of the body The reticular layer is the deeper one. The second layer of the dermis is inferiorly located to the papillary layer. Okay, we have dense irregular connective tissue. We have collagen fibers. These fibers, they're gonna make a, 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 a web, a web that are gonna you know, surround all the structures in the dermis. Over there, we're gonna find as well hair follicles, sweat glands, sebaceous glands, and then, uh, of course, we know that sebaceous gland secretes sebum. Sebum is very rich in lipids and is very rich in uh, immunoglobulins as well, and of course, con contain a fatty acid that is uh, bactericidal. If the sebaceous gland with the content, and this is for the rest of your PA school, if the sebaceous glands freely eject the content into the skin, understand, it's okay. We have this beautiful lubrication on the skin, but 
if the sebaceous gland got trapped with the content over there, can get infected, right? Can get infected because as you can get rid of this kind of secretion from the um, exocrine glands, we don't have any problem. But if you keep it inside, what is going to happen is proliferation of bacteria, right? And get infected. For example, this is sebaceous gland. And many people suffer from acne, right? Acne. And this acne happens because one of the bad bacterium that produce acne is known as a propionobacterium acne. So this is the opportunity for this bacterium to colonize the sebaceous gland. So if the sebaceous gland expels the sebum, it's good. But if not, it's a big problem. Okay? The skin gets lubricated and receive a good source of, um, you know, uh, vasculature by the movement, for example, in the case of the face, by the movement of the subjacent muscles. Make sense? Pay attention to this. You express yourself using the muscle of the face. Are we good? And this muscle contraction is gonna stimulate, okay, the sweat glands, it's gonna stimulate the sebaceous glands in less amount, okay? So we keep our, 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 our face well lubricated, you know? Normally secretion of sebaceous gland and normally, normally secretion of the sweat is normal. In patients that are not they, not, they don't have the possibility to express, uh, you know, themselves with the muscles of the face, you can see how the face of these patients looks very oily. Okay, and this is the case of Parkinson's disease. What happened in Parkinson's, I'm not gonna go about the whole thing, just the skin thing. They have a masked face, not because they are using this, because they have poker face. They don't express, they cannot mimic emotion, they cannot, you know, express the emotions with the muscles of the face. So you can see how the sebaceous glands are working a lot, you know, and the face of these patients looks oily. Understand? This is one of the conditions. In patients that suffer from dehydration of the skin, you can see how sebaceous glands are taking care and then 
cover the surface of the skin with oil as well. Understand, it's, it's, a, it's a question of adaptation, okay? In the case of the Parkinson's, what is happening here, guys? We need to protect the skin anyways, right? The sebum needs to protect the skin anyway, and it's gonna just expel the sebum. Okay, let's talk about this um, uh, sensory neurons we have here. Here we have free nerve endings, right? Nociceptive, Nociceptive receptor is a, a, a stimulus. It's something that gives us pain. As well, it's a thermoreceptor. Determine if it's cold, if something is hot, okay? So uh, the Merkel, Merkel disc is for touch. And we have many of these for touch as well and the integration at the level of the, sorry, the transmission through peripheral structures, peripheral nerves, and the ascending pathway across the spinal cord into the primary sensory cortex. We are going to discriminate by different parts of the spinal cord, if this touch is fine or is crude. Got it? So we, can, we have the, the crowds related to the touch as well. Here we have the root hair plexus, nerve plexus of the hair, responsible for the touch as well, okay? And the Ruffini pressure, Ruffini pressure. When you press somebody, when you are holding somebody, okay? The Pacinian corpuscule. Pacinian corpuscule and Ruffini, they are related as well, guys, with the vibration, vibratory sensation. And we have Meissner involved as well in touch, okay? So, uh, you have this in, in the book as well. Lines of cleavage, yes. Don't sweat. There is certain genetic diseases uh, that you don't have. If you don't sweat, what is going to happen to your thermal regulation? Huh? If you don't sweat, what is the objective of, of the sweat? You're not releasing the heat, okay? Then these patients, they suffer from hyperthermia, the majority of the cases, and they need a special environment. We have everything in, in, in medicine, okay? Everything in medicine, we are cases. Hyperhidrosis stimulated by the sympathetic nervous system. Okay, so you need to take care of that because it's more 
I mean, a patient that is suffering from hyperhidrosis is losing electrolytes and water a lot, you know? And uh, sometimes this lost the control and you need to do a sympathectomy. You need to go to the ganglia and produce a neurolysis there and stop the stimulation of a lot of sweat. Of course, everything, when you have an imbalance, your body starts adapting after, you know, a period of time. And mainly hyperhidrosis in, in patients that suffer from hyperhidrosis, that is very common. The patient looks, thank you, you gave me an idea. Um, the patient looks for uh, help right away. Why is that, guys? Socially speaking, when you go to a job interview and you need to hold hands, your hand is what? It's a river. And the other person is, Yeah, it's gonna come back. So what's the point of having it if it's trying to regulate? Is killing you too much? Uh, is killing you too much? Yeah, I, I suffer a lot from it, but I learned to Okay, it. then uh, over here in my school, go and look advice with your primary care physician. Sorry, I cannot give you recording and advice about what to do. <laughs> It's a hyper-stimulation -sti of the sympathetic nervous system. Hyperactivity over there. That's why in, the, in the, these cases, what you're gonna do is a neurolysis of the ganglia. Ganglia is where we have a cluster of neurons, and from there we have axons, you know, uh, innervating the, the sweat glands. Make sense? That's why, you know, uh, it's one of the things you're gonna do. This is very important, guys, because many of you like surgery, I'm sure. No? Okay. <laughs> I mean, some of you <laughs> like surgery? No, no receipt, no. Remember, you're here because you want to be a PA. So, uh, okay, so. Uh, the lines of clavish, the stretch mark, and the wrinkles, mm. the collagen and these uh, elastic fibers are oriented in parallel bundles, okay? So the, uh, the alignment is, uh, you know, result from this stress uh, during movement. When we talk, when we close our eyes, you see the lines that people call the, what is the name, the rooster? Okay, good. So the, this, this organization, the fun, these bundles of collagen 
and elastic fibers are there to resist the stress, okay? So what we're gonna do, that the orientation uh, lines are gonna indicate the tension places in the body. For example, if you're gonna uh, make an incision because you need to do or perform a surgery in the thoracic wall, we know that the bundle, okay, these, these uh, lines of cleavage are going horizontal, right? Horizontal. Then you better go in which way when you apply an incision? Horizontal. You're gonna follow the bundles. In this way, we're gonna distort them the less possible, and the reparation process is gonna be smooth. Not always, but it's gonna be smooth, okay? So we're gonna avoid to go against the, these um, lines of cleavage, okay? Uh, they are going to heal promptly. They are not going to, yes. Okay, in the abdomen, you say? Where? In the chest. What is happening is we have a bone here. In some cases, when they uh, open a heart, you don't have another option, but perform an sternotomy. Sternotomy. You're gonna cut the sternum in the middle and separate the thorax. Um, I mean, in the case of a transplant, for example, it's a huge surgery. Nowadays, they access the changes of the heart valves and all of these intravascularly. And this uh, is a little bit better for the patient that is not gonna have a big wound in the chest. But you don't have another option that goes medially. You know, this is another thing that I want to tell you about, guys. If you go to the linea alba to perform a medial incision, you have less possibilities to produce a damage in this uh, bundle, okay? Because you're open right away the linea alba. You know the linea alba, what is that? The me me medial, medium line. Okay, the medial line of the body. We are not equal, one side and the other. We are unequal, okay? We are not made up of in a factory, but in the womb. Okay, so um, why we, we need to avoid this? Because we cut the bundle, because we, we are cutting the elastic um, fibers, and the process of healing is gonna be compromised. It's gonna heal eventually, it's gonna be compromised. This sometimes has to do with the appearance of hypertrophic tissue. What is the name for this? Keloids, keloids, okay? Hypertrophic tissue. And it's a problem because every time you try to repair this hypertrophic tissue, it's gonna get back again, okay? 
So um, this is more detail on what we pour. We, uh, we talk already. Sometimes the skin stretch beyond the capabilities and it's when we're gonna see what? The striations, striations of the skin. For example, uh, during pregnancy, uh, the, the abdomen is gonna be stretched because the uterus increases in size, right? So uh, the skin is gonna be stretched out and it's when you're gonna see a different uh, color in these striations because the skin just stretch out beyond the tensile possibilities, okay? Are they gonna go? No, they don't go. They don't go, guys, okay? Uh, you need to take away by surgery <coughs> the, the place where the stretch. They normally appears in the lower part of the abdomen, okay? Some people, they gain weight they lose weight, sometimes uh, uh, overweight, uh, morbid obese uh, patients, they have for a long time this stretching of the skin beyond the tensile possibility. And it, it is very difficult to, you know, deal after they, they lost weight. Uh, you need to use surgery because the skin are, are, is not going to recoil. It's not going to recoil. That means the skin lose the stretching, the recoiling possibilities because the elastic fibers got damaged, okay? So the flexibility and thickness of, of dermis. Diminished by the aging process, for sure. Okay, this, fre this freshness, this luster, this uh, uh, beautiful color is gonna disappear with time. Um, the, with the use of ultraviolet light as well. That's why you need to be attentive of your patient and ask your patient to wear, you know, sunscreen. Uh, you know, uh, lotion all the time. Uh, some people depending, and, and you, you will have that, this in mind, in your dermatology, because one of the things you need to ask about, we're gonna study this in a while, in PD, is may I have what you're doing for a living? I'm a sailor, I'm a fisherman, I'm a farmer, you know, I like to practice sport under the sun, I'm a swimmer. I'm a, I like to sail, you know, all of these sports. They need, the patient needs to be educated about how to prevent this damage of the skin, okay? Some people, genetics, some people, some patients or some people have more tendency, you know, to wrinkle than others. Okay, because the skin is uh, thicker in senior citizen, the skin is, is, is uh, thinner. So every moment, every time they're gonna have a bruise, 
Remember, they're shedding more, okay? And the process of anabolic process in senior citizen is not as beautiful as in young adults, okay? So the restoration of the layer of the skin, the epidermis, is not the same. The rate is not the same. Uh, so the exposure, of course, tells you a lot. Not only for the, uh, the wrinkles, but the damaged skin can, you know, represent the appearance of uh, malignancy, like uh, melanoma, basal cell carcinoma, and, you know, uh, and so The skin color is determined by genetics in the first place. Uh, there is a, a lot of, um, there is a, a TED talk that is, is beautiful about the, the migration of the, the mankind and how the mankind moves from the, the center in Africa and spread out all over the world and how the color of the skin spread genetically speaking and so it's beautiful. So melanocytes, remember, melanogenesis or production of melanin. Um, eumelanin is the protein we're gonna have there. And then uh, this eumelanin is responsible for the brown and black pigmentation. We're gonna have um, albinism. In albinism, we don't have melanin. It's absence of melanin. Let me tell you something, guys, because uh, I, I don't want to forget this. Okay, you see the, the iris of the eye, where we have the color over there? The color of the eye? Okay, there we have melanin. This is, these are epithelial cells. So we have melanin over there, and they are producing, uh, we have melanocytes, they are producing melanin. Can we develop a melanoma of the eye? Sure, yes. Can we develop a melanoma in the palm of the hand and the sole of the feet? Sure, yes. Can we develop a melanoma under the nail? Yes, we can develop the melanoma under the nail. And this was the cause, the cause of death of Bob Marley. I love Bob Marley. Okay. Okay, he had a melanoma under the nail of the right thumb, and he refused the, the, great, the great toe to be amputated, and he died by all of these uh, metastases from that melanoma. So, um, genetics and uh, the role of keratinocytes, we talked about this already. We, we talk about the color skin determinants. Okay, remember jaundice is one thing. Uh, carotene coloration of the skin is different. In, when, when we have uh, jaundice, you can see the color of the sclera of the eye, you know, that is gonna get as well jaund. Jaundice, the, this, this word came from the French word jaune, that means yellow and it uh, has to do a lot with the bilirubin, okay? So um, we can see on the skin, bruises, all of these are uh, clinical importance of the color of the skin and so. 
In certain diseases, uh, genetic diseases, like Erlen-Danlos people, they have a hyperelasticity of the skin. We can say that they cover, they can cover their face with the skin of the face, like this. So Erlen-Danlos is a problem with the collagen and elastic fiber. So um, the hypodermis, is the deepest layer of the skin. And of course, we talk about this already, perma isolation, because it's in where we have uh, the fat tissue, is where we have, what else? Some calories over there, right? We have a reserve over there, okay? Cushion for internal structures like muscles and other uh, organs and have, they have an endocrine function, energy reservoir, and insulin is injected there and other hormones as well, okay? What is the rationale for this? We don't want this medication to be absorbed promptly, okay? This is the rationale. Why is that? Because the beautiful meshwork we have in the dermis, we are talking about the vascular supply, we have some in the hypodermis. And the fat tissue delay the distribution of the medication. Understand this part? Okay. Uh, where we have these more women, we have more, you know, hypodermis. Okay, more hypodermis. We need to get pregnant. We need to feed now two or three or four or five or eight. Okay, um, distributed in breast, buttocks, hips, thighs. Men generally thinner, uh, primarily in neck, and this is very curious. Just, just saying out loud. I mean. In the neck of the male, the muscles are thicker, okay? And the hypodermis get thicker too. So it's one of the cause of what males suffer more from sleep apnea than women. Interesting, right? Obstructive, no central, okay. Um, in the abdomen, beer, nice. Yes. Sorry. Snoring, yeah. Not everybody that snores suffer from sleep apnea. But everybody that is suffering from sleep apnea snores like a tractor. Yes. But just make this. Uh, you know? Okay, so subcutaneous we have here. The nail. Nails, very important, yes. No, it's okay. What is thicker? The subcutaneous tissue in the nail. You see, the distribution of the hypodermis in women. The distribution of hypodermis 
is almost synonym of fat, right? So this uh, adipose panicle is more abundant in women and is distributed in the area of the breast, in the area of the buttocks, in the area of the hips, more in women than in male. In male, they resolve thinner in these areas. Because we have something that is known as a differentiation of the sexual character, so something like this. So, in male, the fat results higher in certain cases, mainly in the neck and the belly, you know, sometimes in the, buttock, in the buttocks and in the back. And when they get um, rich, is what I want to, to tell you. Okay, accessories or appendages of the skin, appendages of the skin, nails, hair, and all these exocrine glands that we talked about already. Okay? Uh, so, the, the nail protection function at the tip of, of the fingers and the toes, and we have modification of the stratum corneum over here. Uh, is we have uh, on the dorsal, dorsal, dorsum, dorsal edges of the hands and the feet, and protect the distal uh, tips of the digits and uh, the digits in general. Okay, and assisting in, in grasping and killing lice. Okay, so uh, here we have the parts. Uh, this is the proximal nail fold or nail root. The nail root is behind. This is the lunula. Lunula, the nail plate. The cuticle is this um, connective tissue we have at the, just located proximally to the rest of the nail. We have a free edge, and we have the lateral, lateral and medial fold, okay? Lateral and medial fold, or pro, uh, we have the proximal, we have the medial, and we have the lateral uh, nail fold, okay? So why? Because when a patient go and see you, because of paroninchia is a, is a, is an infection, uh, in the edge of the nail, you will need to describe where this paroninchia is located. So you need to know the surface uh, description of this, okay? Um, let's see, um, it's, it's already, um, well, we talked about this already. Uh, the cross-section of the, the finger, in, in this way we can uh, see the, the nail. This is the lateral nail fold, okay, over here. And we have a groove, in anatomy groove, sulcus, groove. If we have a depression without opening, a big depression, it's a fossa. If we have a hole, it's a foramen. Foramen in singular, foramina in plural. Okay, so uh, 
This is the eponychium where the cuticle, cuticle is, the bed of the nail, the nail matrix or nail root is over here. Okay, the hyponychium under the nail is this, this part of the nail over here, the eponychium. Okay, the hypo, hypo is located superiorly, hypo is located inferiorly, okay? Understand? This is the uh, let's see what else we have over here. Not too much. So uh, we have certain alteration of the skin here. Uh, hepatic diseases, okay? Thyroid diseases, uh, immune diseases, autoimmune diseases. Um, we can say, uh, for example, infectious diseases like, uh, you know, rheumatic fever, myo, it's a, is a, is an infection of the, it's is an endocarditis. So all of these are gonna be, you know, uh, expressed on the nail. Okay, as well, the neck got infected with fungal infection. It is very common in senior citizen, okay, in the toes mainly. As well, the nail are gonna let us know about uh, gastric cancer, about a lot of uh, pathologies. So skin and the accessory or appendages structure uh, needs to be taken care of. Flobin, what is this? Flobin is a, is a, is a pocket, pocket watch shape of the nail. <coughs> and you can see this congenitally or in uh, obstructive, um, um, pulmonary disease, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, in uh, liver diseases, in some intestinal uh, autoimmune disease as well, okay? Or has no explanation, they are anatomical, okay? In some patients. What happened is, we're gonna talk about this later, okay? So, the hair, Everywhere except where? In the palmar aspect, in the, you know, of the hands and in the sole of the, the feet, okay? On the leaves, we don't have hair. But surrounding the leaves, we have hair. Can I finish, please? Okay, we, thank you so much. We have hair, okay? And of course, we have hair leaving the lashes, uh, I mean, sorry, the leaves. <laughs> we have our lashes leaving the leaves. And of course, we have glands over there because 
Every time we have a hair follicle, we're going to have what? A sebaceous gland. In this case, they are known as a meibomian gland. And they are responsible for when they get infected, we're going to have a chalasium, right? Good. So um, some portions of the external genitalia, like the penis shaft, the clitoris, uh, the vagina introitus, for example, we don't have hair there. The hair composition is, is, uh, comes out from the hair follicle. In the hair follicle, we're going to find cells producing or synthesizing the protein uh, uh, of keratin that is going to fill the hair. It's, it's pure keratin with color, right? Together, working together with the melanocytes. The melanocytes are injecting the melanin into the hair follicle and it's genetically determined the color of your hair. When we have gray hair, we don't have a color in the hair. It's not white, it's transparent. Okay? It's transparent. So, if you want to perform a, 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 a DNA in a person by collecting a hair, you really need the hair follicle because the shaft of the hair has not DNA. What happened to keratinocytes, guys, is that they don't have what? I mean, sorry, the corneocytes, the corneocytes, they don't have nucleus. They don't have organelles. They are dead cells, you can say. So the same happened with the, with the hair. Okay? So keratinized, they grow up, receive the melanin from the melanocytes, the color of the hair that genetically de determined as well, and grows in three stages. The anagen phase is the fast growing phase. Fast growing phase, the catagen is the involution phase, and the telogen is the rest phase. Sometimes when a patient comes and see you, one of the things you need to do, for example, if you, the patient complain, it's a fabulous physical exam in dermatology, and the patient is complaining of losing hair and so, you need to sometimes pull the hair and know, uh, first determine the phase, right? And, say, and then pull the hair, and um, you're gonna come out with the, um, you know, um, a plan for the patient. Um, of course, expression, uh, eyebrows, right? Oh, no, mm. okay, the eyebrows, expression, protection, eyelashes, very, and, and the eyebrow are accomplishing a protection function as well, because what are uh, coming out from the hair in the scalp is gonna go first to the eye, eyebrows and then to eyelashes. Um, the sensation, brush, warm on the pants, of course, uh, where we have hair in the body, the distribution of the hair is uh, gender distributed, you know, and when disappear, depending on the tanner maturation, uh, tanner 
um, stages of maturation. The first here we have is the lanugo in the newborn, right? This, this is very fine, um, you know, has no determined color, is uh, very just fine and, and downy and appears in the, in the last trimester in the uterus and then it's going to disappear and substitute by it. So we have the bellus. The bellus um, is a primary there and in the over and over leaves and the terminal hair is coarser, pigmented, longer, okay? And um, where are we gonna distribute this in the head and the pubic area is gonna substitute the fine hair and the eyebrows as well, okay? And uh, appears during puberty, during defending the channel evolution, Okay, the time stages of the axillary region, the pubic uh, region as well, surrounding the anus and other things. Uh, we talked about this already, and all of these are the parts of the hair, the structure associated of the, with the hair follicle, we have it over here. Uh, what is the muscle that erect the the hair, the Uh, 